LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every single week. It's March. It is March, and I still get a little bit upset that we only give one solid practical tip. I feel like we give a lot of practical tips, so I don't know if we need to change the title. I think it's. One, I think we need another podcast. I think it's one per episode. It's one per episode. So we do multiple. But it's still just the one thing. They're separate. Okay. Yep. yep. This is good. I think it's really clarifying for people who are listening, the one thing. <laughs> now, yeah, the thanks. one thing is brought to you thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. Uh, We're also proud to be part of the LifeWay Leadership uh, Network and we'd encourage you to check out our network page on iTunes and see all the other podcasts. You've got such a beautiful voice of radio there, Derek. Oh, gee, you're you're a little bit cynical today, (laughs) this afternoon, actually, Scott. We'll have to cut that out, I think. No, we're not. No, we're not cutting that out. All right, well, you uh, have joined us for episode 47 of The One Thing, Effective Integration. Now, churches perceive they are a friendly church, most often because the members are friendly to each other. But they actually don't think much about walking in the shoes of a a first-time guest, of someone who just walks into their church for the first time. They don't look at their facilities. They don't look at their parking. uh, A website. Uh, That was when I sort of looked at Derek with a face of, huh, you know, you're thinking about that? Sorry, I forgot I was on a podcast. And their (laughs) friendliness from a guest perspective. Now, I could talk about all the negatives, but let me talk about the positives, you know. You know it's positive when someone actually, uh, as a guest, has someone that actually sits next to them. Someone introduces you, uh, introduces themselves to your church. There's clear signage. You, you can find the toilets. Uh, you can see, you know, clearly marked welcome, you know, welcome table. My, my kids. I know. I know it's great when my kids actually love children's, you know, the children's ministry, and it's it's safe and it's clean. Uh, it's easy to find the church. I don't get lost in the car park. There, there are loads of things that we're talking about, and today we've got two, uh, two excellent guests who are going to help unpack effective integration. We've got Amy Townsend, who's the membership director at Grace City Church, and we've got Tim Clemens, uh, the lead pastor of Grace City Church. Welcome, Amy. Hi, great to be here. And welcome, Tim. Great to be here. But Amy's the brains of the outfit today. You got so it. So we're going to be uh, we're going to be picking her brain. Uh, talk to us about at Grace City. What's what's effective membership for you guys? What are you wanting to achieve when people come? Effective membership. Okay, so it looks like church engagement for the member. So you think about. Uh, There's lots of different ways that a member can engage with the life of church or the church community. But really some of the staples you would see at most churches, including ours, is kind of turning up to church on a Sunday, being involved midweek in some sense with the community and thinking about how they can be serving, uh, using their gifts, giving back in the life of church. Kind of three ways we'd think about it. Now, you know, it's tough tough to ask how do you know if you've achieved that or not? And so there's lots of different questions that we ask to see if we're achieving that. But what we really want, uh, the crux of our mission here at Grace City Church is to make and mature disciples who are really radically committed to the cause of Christ. Mm. I, lo- I do love how you, you've got it sort of, you know, short. We want to see people who are radically committed to the cause of Christ. You got it. <laughs> that's good. But I guess that's, that's a great pithy statement. But, but actually, how do you know that you've done it well? Pithy. That was a bit rude, wasn't it? It was a bit rude. You've got to be careful. You've got to be very careful. Okay. I didn't say cliched. I said short. I don't know. So you, you mentioned before that you've got a number of questions that you asked to work sure. out whether. What, what are some of those questions? So you, you kind of start by looking at, are people turning up? Do they want to be there? Um, 
and also thinking about their life circumstances. Is there something that's stopping some from being there? How, how can we look at that three prong of church engagement? So it really starts with Sunday. We, we build community on a Sunday first and foremost. That's where it's not just the members of church who are regular, but we have newcomers. We have people who are exploring the faith and that's something that can be done all together as a community. But stepping deeper into that, you think about, well, what are people doing on top of visiting their church on a Sunday and being involved there? So growth group, community group, Bible study, are those midweek opportunities and platforms that most churches have. So not just showing up, what is the sense of relationship that's being built there, the sense of accountability, how is that uh, being deepened and strengthened? And almost distinctive. How does that? How does that in Christian community look different to the way it would in a secular community? Now, that, that's really hard because it, it's going to look very different to me—a husband with four kids—to mm. uh, a single, you know, single female or a, a young adult who's at university. Yeah, yeah, how do you? Yeah, how do you provide something for the whole, but then, you know, recognise people's personalities, life situations, and also just their need. You know, their needs. There, there. You know, when you're having a baby, you need a whole bunch of care. Um, when you're not. You, you you really don't want people making meals for you. You actually want them to get the meal yourself, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. One too many lasagnas yeah. for you there, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, one too many lasagnas. Bolognese. <laughs> or chili con carne. Whoever has chili con carne. <laughs> no, I think that's the right question to ask. I think it's uh, naive to think one structure fits all and naive to think that people don't go through seasons of life that need accommodating. And so... We, it's important to start with a structure. Like you've got to have some some place to start and then consider how your community can evolve and adapt. So that's where I think that brings us to something like a ministry team, which is an additional um, platform or runway for people to be deepening their sense of community and building relationships and having support. And that's a Sunday-based one for most of our members. Mm. So... In the life of Grace City, we have a lot of people who are working 60 plus hours a week. The idea of something out of a Sunday, Sunday is just impossible. We also have lots of people with young kids, new parents in particular. And so how can we use other platforms to care? It also is just a sense that um, we're trying to build a culture and that's a slow, slow thing mm-hmm. to build of not it not relying on staff, of it not relying on uh, just those high-level leadership people. How can we build a, a culture where people are caring uh, together? And that was it. You know, the other sort of thought is how do you, how do you actually find out? You know, because you call me up, hey, Scott, have you... Have you provided the meal? Mm. How are you going actually caring? I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to tell you about what's going on in my six days of my life. You know, mm. and when are you going to measure? You're going to put that down on a, an annual report? How many, how many bolognese? Bolognese, <laughs> chili con carnes. <laughs> so it, it is that culture question, isn't it? Mm. How do you, how do you create that ongoing culture that you're really just sort of pushing along and, and creating momentum? Yeah, I think there's a real temptation to panic and have a knee-jerk reaction to the loud minority. Mm. Um, So I think it's really important when you're hearing things, and you always hear things as a staff member in the life of church, to carefully weigh what you're hearing and to, um, for lack of a better phrase, poll the majority in an organic way. Mm. And so I think for us, we try to use I'm going to bring it back again to community groups. They are really helpful places in the life of our church where you've got small groups of people gathering together on a regular basis that can truly properly share life. And so be feedbacking that, reporting that back. Now, Tim, I just want to press in with you just with one quick question. You're leading leading the church. Mm -hmm. How important is it for you to to model this? Um, You know, and, and, and sometimes I guess the question is, it, was it a hard thing for you to be welcoming and hospitable and, 
you know, and open, you know, because again, not everyone loves having people in their house. You know, Derek, I know Derek struggles with it. I know it's just you. <laughs> I, I, think, struggle having you I think people struggle to come over to Derek's house. That's, that's <laughs> actually what's going on. I'm, what Scott's asking actually is, will you make him a bolognese? This is what he's <laughs> angling at here. One thing worth, I suppose, addressing is that in the it looks different now to what it did in the first year of church. Mm. So in the first year of church, there were fifty of us. We had the whole church to our house at least once, sometimes twice, that's very different to what it is, what it looks like today. Yep. Our life circumstances have also changed these days. But uh, yeah, as the church has grown, we've got, um, we can do it on a little scale, but we certainly can't expect to provide the community and be the connection point for everyone. So it's about empowering others. And that's a great part of what Amy's doing. And, he- and helpful to hear that it, it is for a season, especially with a, with a church plant, when you're launching something new, yeah, you will have to have people in your house and, and it is gonna be, you know, stepping on all parts of personality <laughs> points, <laughs> But there's an end point, and it's and and you can't stay there either. Mm. It's it's just it, it keeps you at fifty. It doesn't actually help mm. you to go past to one hundred and fifty. You know, two hundred. Mm. All right, uh, we're going to give you guys a quick break. Scott, uh, what do you got for us this well, week? Well, there, there is loads of stuff out there. There's books, there's podcasts. You can type this topic in, and I'm sure, you know, Amy and Tim can tell you they've probably poured over hours and hours of podcasts and talks and everything else. I think there's a great, just simple new book. Tom Rainer's stuff is always really simple and clear uh, and has loads of experience in it. So Becoming a Welcoming Church is just a new book that's out. Uh, uh, I think a, a, a Connect or a belonging course or some sort of membership course that can kind of set the expectations for the church family is really important. So we'll put a couple of courses there. Hopefully Grace City will share their belonging course and uh, we can put the Connect course up there. It's on board, mate. Yeah, on board. Sorry, on board. Uh, (laughs) And uh, and the the final one is just a couple of tools as well that I've been using around the place. One's a secret guest survey uh, and the other is a a facilities audit because we we don't actually often you know think about these things we we do we get our house ready when we when when someone comes over we don't think about that in in our church context likewise i think very quickly we do forget what it's like to walk in the in the shoes of a first time guest so uh, i reckon every 6 months you should do a secret guest survey uh, with someone uh, in your community that's good all right uh, back to it now Amy, you mentioned before um, that you've got to have structures there's got to be things around that it's got to be warm and welcoming but it's got to be deliberate as well yeah what are uh, the, some of the key things, that, key structures you've put in place, um, key processes you've put in place in order to help connect people in the life of Grace City? Sure. It's worth saying um, this looks different at every church and so ours naturally suit what we're seeing in the life of Grace City. And so I think two distinctives that we have dealt with is the fact that we have just huge volumes of visitors. There are thousands of people pouring into the area and living in our area, so we need to adapt for that. And also, um, it's a really transient area. We're getting lots of visitors, so people who pass through quickly, um, who won't have no intention of connecting into the life of church, um, and then those who do connect, we can also expect to have a bit of a three to five year span on that. Mm. So um, the process, we follow every single person who gives us the opportunity to follow them up. We do that. Um, We do that through, we have hosting teams every Sunday. We are trying to resource those more and more, realizing that that first experience of a church it just has to be positive. It's it's just a disaster. What a waste of an opportunity if someone has a negative first experience coming in the doors of a church. So we think really intentionally about creating um, a welcoming vibe, uh, a safe space, food, drink, all the things that uh, people can feel comfortable around. Uh, on top of that, once we're in our auditorium, we have that 
that point of intentional connecting. So whether it's a welcome card or a connect card, we take that seriously. We encourage every single person in our space to do that, whether they're a regular, a member or a newcomer, just to really fuel that sense of you're not isolated being new. We've seen really great fruitfulness um, from that. Now, is that done? Do you have a welcome desk? Is that done during the service? Fill out the card? During the service, yeah. So we have a moment and it's a really nice opportunity as well for just naturally chatting to the people around you without doing the chat to the people around you, (laughs) give them a high five. (laughs) Uh, So after that process, um, it's really our hosts, you know, whether they're called hosts, ushers, welcomers, um, we call them hosts because they are our hosts for the day at Grace City. So they're connecting. We do have an info desk as well. That's a bit of a hub for getting further information. If you're feeling like an awkward newcomer, it's a safe space you can touch base. So we follow everyone up, um, whether as best as we can, that's done via email. Um, we've really had a shift in the last six months of realising the sheer volume of first and second timers we get is too many to fuel a follow-up process that's more than just an email. So we've really shifted our focus over the last three to six months in focusing on our regular attenders. So we identify a regular attender as someone who has visited three or more times in three months. If someone's done that, they're saying, hey, I'm intentionally checking you out and I'm going to keep coming. So that's that's just helping you deal with the volume of people. Once you know someone's been there for three times, they are most likely going to be saying, yep, Grace City's my my church. Correct. Or at least I'm exploring this thing. Prior to this this volume in the early stages, Tim was calling everyone up, having coffee (laughs) with them. You know, Andrew. coming into their home. <laughs> Tim, Tim has never called everybody up. <laughs> uh, no, it's fair to say that it used to be more personal. So we used to be able to say, hey, I actually met you. You said you'd moved into the area. So lovely. You could add a, a, a few more flourishes there. Um, now we see for those first and second timers, our objective is to give them all the information they need if they want to engage more. Um, directions to our website, directions to our next steps, but it's got less you know, bells yeah. and roses. And church database management systems are, are really helpful for managing these workflows. We love them. Yep. We use Elvanto. There's lots of other great ones, but we have a great time with Elvanto. So thinking into our um, regular attenders, we, we have two main pathways. I feel that most churches would. There's the mission pathway, those exploring Jesus and his claims, and our membership pathway, those looking to put roots down in the life of a church. The real goal is that if you're on the mission pathway, you circle back eventually and you join the mm. membership pathway as well. Um, and so for us, we have a membership course you've already mentioned that it's called on board it's a great opportunity for us to really share what the vision and mission that drives Grace City is be transparent about our expectations of being a church that's going to push you forward as a disciple of Christ Um, and then after that that is really the gateway into jumping into things like a community group like a ministry team we started something new at the end of last year uh, newcomers night something that Many churches have tried in different formats. You know, I was hesitant. We thought another thing to look after, but it was a huge success. It was the real bridge between uh, mission contacts and membership contacts. Everyone was welcome. And you didn't even have to be a newcomer. It was the opportunity for those members who feel disconnected to jump in as well. So we just saw the fruitfulness of connecting people deeper into the community. And you community. do that on a monthly basis? We're doing it quarterly to kick off. Mm-hmm. In-house yeah. or in church? In-house. Mm. Yeah, so people know no, the space. At church. Oh, at church. So, but in right. our cafe space. Oh, sure. sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. No, no. Lingo. It's <laughs> good. So we saw, uh, I think almost everyone who came to that night has taken a next step now, yeah, well, which is pretty 22 cool. 22 of them or something, was it? Yeah. 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 Now, one of the things you didn't mention was the website. And, and how critical is the website in, in actually getting people in the room? 
We see traffic through the website and we are actually just going back to that first point of thinking about how to give people the information they need. We are giving a little makeover to create a more helpful and clear next steps landing page for people. So we're thinking more into our website and how that can those visitors who are initiating their own connection process in those early days have a better connection point via the website. Yeah, the, probably the website would be, without doubt, the avenue that has brought more people to our church than any other. Mm. So it's not just through personal invitations. Most of the people who've joined our church have found out about us through a Google search and then come along. So mm. a critical thing, guys, in thinking about this whole pathway and these systems, your website is critical today. Mm. We are on the web all the time. We are. Amy, uh, what's your one thing? If people are going to take away one thing from thinking through how to effectively integrate people, what would be your one thing that you'd say to them? I think we have seen most fruit from people who have connected relationally, which it doesn't sound like rocket science or anything new, but every conversation I have, I came back because I felt part of the community. I felt like I belonged. Someone spoke to me, particularly someone who wasn't on the staff just an average Joe chatted to me. Um, so I think relationships is really where it can all it can all begin. And I think, I know you said one thing, but I'm just going to add a little one Go. on. Accessibility. So we have just, uh, you know, our onboard course was uh, two weeks, two Sunday afternoons in a row, every six to eight weeks. Uh, that started becoming a blockage. People couldn't make it. And so we thought, you know what? we're blocking people from connecting better so we've rethought that we're one Sunday afternoon a month now because you if you're going to put um, pathways in place you have to make them as accessible as possible mm. well thanks Amy uh, thanks Tim I mean you didn't really say much but thanks great for to being be here, here. Anyway. Great to be here. Uh, now could I just bring to your attention the uh, the Reach Australia National Conference it's a new conference that embraces the uh, uh, the best of multiplied team pastoring vine growers and Oilstone. It's going to be on at uh, June 25 to 28 at EV Church on the Central Coast. You can hear from great local Aussie Bible teachers, pastors that are putting these things into place and getting them right. You can hear from Amy and Tim. Mm. I'll talk about that later. Uh, (laughs) But coming up (laughs) next week on The One Thing, uh, Small Group Essentials with one of our leadership uh, Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network uh, podcast team members Robbie Gallaty that was a mouthful no that was very succinct Scott that was brilliant anyway <laughs> pithy. Robbie Gallaty some would say pithy he'll be much more engaging and much more pithy I'm Scott Sanders and I'm Derek Hanna chat soon